Yes, you are dialed into Masker Radio, and it's time to crack this baby open like a skull. I, of course, am your intrepid host, Members Only Dave, and with Great Gate firmly in the rearview mirror, we look to focus our sights forward on this, the 19th installment. Boy, we are racking up these things pretty fast. But hey, it's like they always say, time flies when you're hosting a number one radio program. As today, I'll be joined by my guest, The Buttress, joining me to talk about her new album, Endofunctor, and Goon Caves. What are they? Who hangs out? in them and where can they be found on the map those answers and more coming up next oh yeah we're back on track and never looking back getting funky on the ones the twos and the threes come on you're listening to massacre radio you're listening to the number one radio station in the universe massacre radio on wkma cleveland an HD2 station. Turn it up and rip the knob off. We're back here on Massacre Radio. Hey, this is cool. My next guest is actually calling in right now, courtesy of the Massacre Radio hotline, which you too can call at 440-941-8585. She's an artist. She's made a short film on 16mm. Oh, and by the way, she has a new album coming out titled Endofunctor, and here to talk all about it is none other than The Buttress. Buttress, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are things? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, to start, I'd like to ask you about the name Buttress. If you will be so kind for our listeners who are asleep at the wheel, so to speak, explain the whole Buttress name and moniker. Well, I regrettably went to art school for college. I had to take a lot of art history classes. And one thing we learned about when we were learning about Gothic architecture was buttresses, which are these structures that exist on the side of buildings to help support them and keep the wall up. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing called flying buttresses, which is when there's like negative space under the, I don't know, look it up, Google it. But um, <laughs> I always thought it'd be funny to be a rapper named the fly is buttress. So I always had this idea in my head, like, oh, if I ever make rap music, I'm going to be the fly is buttress. But I also uh, used that moniker briefly for my noise project. I had a noise project before I started rapping. So it wasn't just my rap moniker. But yeah, that's where it came from. How did you even get into rap in the first place? I guess the same way I really got into anything else. Whenever I got into any genre of music, really, I just like feel this need historically to try and imitate it. I'm really into like trying to imitate aesthetics and do things. So when I was a young kid, like I got into rock music, so I took guitar lessons and then I got into classical music and I took cello lessons. And with rap, it was really the same thing. Like I got really into rap music when I was in college and I decided I wanted to try. So it's really that simple. Who would you say the rappers were that really got your attention early on that made you want to try it out for yourself? When I first got into it, the big ones would definitely be Lil' Kim. I was obsessed with the Hardcore album mm-hmm. and um, the RZA of Wu-Tang Clan. Those are really my big two. You know, it's interesting you say RZA because when I was listening to the new album Endofunctor that you sent over, I was definitely picking up on some RZA vibes as well as Isham. Have you ever heard about Isham or listened to him? Oh, of course. I love Booming Words Somehow. That's one of my favorite albums. Yeah, just with your whole delivery, it was pretty sick. So, yeah. 
Oh, thanks. That's awesome. I'm flattered. I love you, Sean. He's awesome. Now, looking through your social media, I noticed you are a big believer in the rounded sunglasses. They seem to be a mainstay for you in your wardrobe. It's a classic look, really, but just for a minute here, talk about some of the mystical powers and the overall aura that encompasses the fashioning of such eyewear. You know, I really don't know because I feel like on a lot of people, it makes them look like a complete fucking douchebag. And maybe it makes me look like a douchebag, too, but I always felt like they just made me look a little smarter and also a little bit like, I don't know, like that villain in Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, like the guy with the round glasses, Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering him correctly. Like for me, I feel like they kind of have an aura of like making me look a little more intellectual, a little more spooky, a little bit like I have an edge. And so, yeah, I just like occasionally don them. Yeah, a little dangerous even perhaps. Yeah. I feel like they work for me, but maybe they don't. Maybe one day I'll totally regret the round glasses because I just totally look like a douchebag. No, they're a timeless look. I can dig it. Okay, perfect. After listening to the new album Endofunctor, I was trying to figure out what genre of rap your new album actually is. You know, I know it's tough to narrow it down to just one thing, but I wanted to ask you which genre you think it falls into. You know, I really don't know. Uh, One of the, like, things I've been telling people about it as I'm trying to promote it before it's out, is that each song kind of has like a different stylistic approach. So I'm not really sure it even has one. I feel like between, you know, some of the songs are just completely like different genres. I would say most of them are. I don't think the album really necessarily has one. I don't know. My guest today is The Buttress. Now, I want to ask you about your song Brutus blowing up on TikTok. How exactly did that come about? I honestly have zero fucking clue. Like... I don't have a TikTok account. I mean, now I do, but I don't even, it's like on my iPhone, you know, like I logged in. I don't even know what my like user account name is. I think a few years ago during quarantine, it like kind of blew up on there, which I also didn't find out about until way later. One day I was like literally just looking up Brutus because I wanted to find a link to it. I don't know if I was going to send it to someone. I don't know. I hadn't looked it up in forever. And I looked it up on YouTube and there was just like a hundred videos of like animations. Like people made like My Little Pony animations and shit to the video. Like it seems to have like become something that people like in these communities have an affinity for. Like they make like animated fucking videos. I don't fucking know. I don't understand any of this shit. So that's when I realized that it had gone viral somewhere. And I'm pretty sure it was TikTok in like a small way. But then this year, I don't know, the same thing happened on TikTok. I have no fucking idea how. I can't tell you. How long was the song out before it went viral? Isn't the track a few years old at this point? It's been out since 2016, so it's seven years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of funny because people are always trying to game the algorithm. Meanwhile, I don't even have a fucking TikTok account. I barely can work the app. I feel like a boomer whenever I'm on it. And yeah, it just like it just fucking blew up. I don't know. I think it's because people on TikTok are really into like um, cosplay and theatrics, acting things out. So. Because Brutus is this, like, narrative song with, like, a very, like, clearly defined character and narrative, I guess, like, people on TikTok are drawn to it because they can act it out and dress up, make their little animated videos or whatever. (laughs) I fucking know. I guess that kind of leads me into my next question, you know, in what ways did having Brutus go viral end up helping your career? Did you see a boost in attendance at shows or anything like that? I haven't done a show in years. I haven't done an interview in years. I was like pretty much done with music for the most part. 
But then because Brutus went viral during the pandemic, I was like, eh, I guess it would be an idiot to not finish some of these music projects that I've had in my pocket for years. I just kind of had resigned to like, eh, maybe one day I'll put out music again. But with all this shit going on, I'm like, well, it's probably dumb not to just finish it. And recently, I've just felt kind of motivated to do it. And making music has been fun again. So I haven't done shows. I don't know. I'm like the worst businesswoman. Like, <laughs> I have no idea if I if I scheduled a butcher's show soon, which I am going to do. So I guess I'll find out. I have no idea, like, how many people will come. It could be anywhere between, like, five and 500. I have no idea what's going on. Okay, so it's my understanding that you're also a podcaster and do the Phenomenology Club, it says here. What's that all about? Is that something that you're still doing? It is something I'm doing. It's actually um, something I started years ago. I have this, some of your listeners might appreciate this because it's about John Carpenter film, the film Dark Star, you know, one of his early films where he um, has this part about the the bomb and teaching it phenomenology. Mm-hmm. I always thought that scene was so funny. So in a song that I made on my first album, Behind Every Great Man, I have this whole part where I'm like screaming, like, talk to the bomb, teach it phenomenology. And I don't know why, but I was trying to buy a, a website around then, like years ago, and I didn't know what, what kind of a website. So I was like, oh, maybe phenomenology.com or something, because I'm always like, you know, saying this word in my rap. The domain wasn't available, but there was a domain called Phenomenology Club, the domain name. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, shit, let me buy this. It was like a dollar. And then I was like, Phenomenology Club is like a fun idea for like a project. So I kind of started developing this project. It's like a real life club. We have like real members but it's also um a narrative video series that's kind of like fun and uh it's like a little bit horror but it's mostly like sci-fi philosophy and actually um it's a series that i want to finish this year well finish the first installation of it the past few years it's just really kind of been a club of actual individuals and a podcast but it is ultimately a, a video series a narrative video series that's what it is it's a lot of things so you kind of worked backwards on the whole thing then, like you came up with a name and then you worked it from there. Where can people check it out? Yeah, kind of. Um, well, on my Patreon, it's I believe it's just patreon.com slash phenomenology club. You can uh, become a member for only $1, then you get unlimited access to all of our previous and present podcast episodes. We go live every two weeks. And it's just kind of right now, it's just still this kind of live stream podcast thing. But 2024, I really want to dedicate some time now that I'm getting my old music out. I want to dedicate some time to finishing the narrative series, too. So look out for that. We're going to take a brief time out and come back with more from The Buttress after this. Inside of you, there are two wolves, and they're both listening to Massacre Radio. Only on WKMA Cleveland NHD2 Station. Back here on Masker Radio, joined today by my guest, The Buttress. The new album is titled Endofunctor. You're not going to want to miss that. Now, I recently started following you on Twitter, and I see you tweeting about something called a goon cave. What exactly is a goon cave? I just wanted to hear it from you. You know, the types of activities that normally go on in a goon cave. <laughs> well, I mean, I found out about goon caves because I used to have a bit of an amphetamine problem. And when I was trying to, like, stay off of amphetamines, I would visit the Sims board. I don't know if you use Reddit at all. The Sims board on Reddit. It's a depraved place. I don't recommend it. (laughs) But I would go to the Sims board to like read other amphetamine users posts because it would help 
keep me on the straight and narrow because these people are fucking nuts, the kind of shit they do. And one of the things that they do is um, build goon caves, which are basically these like, <laughs> they're not literal caves. It'll be like a room <laughs> where they'll build a mess, like 10 digital screens and also just plaster like pornography all over the walls. And they'll just sit in there and masturbate for hours. It's supposed to be this like fully immersive pornography experience that usually involves methamphetamine, you know, so guys will stay in there for fucking hours. It's like the most degenerate, pathetic shit you've ever seen in your life, especially because now we have like VR and stuff. So it's like, it's almost like analog VR. Like you're literally clipping out shit and pasting it to the walls and, some of these goon caves are fucking nuts. And the whole time I figured you were just in there playing Minecraft. Well, I, I thought it was funny because I got into Minecraft over the past few years. I always joke about building my Minecraft goon cave. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious, like, the idea of having, like, ten screens going on and, like, each one just has, like, Minecraft. I just want to be, like, so immersed in Minecraft. Well, you know, the whole Minecraft thing, I got to ask, did you ever play any other PC games or video games in general while growing up? I kind of get a Sims vibe from you for some reason. No, I actually, I never have played The Sims. Actually, I grew up in a really Christian household, and I asked for The Sims one year. And my parents gave it to me, and on the back of the box, it said that you could be a hacker. And <laughs> I thought that meant, like, you could chop people up. And I was just overcome with this, like, Christian guilt. And I remember going up to my parents, and I was really sad. I, like, debated about this for a while. I went to my parents. I was like, I, I don't think this game is, like, righteous. <laughs> I, like, I just had this, like, guilt, like, oh, this game is sinful. I can't play this. You can chop people up. So I gave it back. That was my one chance where I could have played The Sims. I probably would have loved it because I fucking love Minecraft. But honestly, it's probably for the best. I like read a book instead or something. We weren't allowed to have video game consoles. We had some PC games. But I did, over quarantine, try to get into a few games. And I got into Five Nights at Freddy's, which I like did some Twitch streaming. Have you played that game? No, no, but I have heard of it and I'm vaguely familiar play it it's fucking terrifying it doesn't look scary but it's fucking terrifying and the movie just came out which i enjoyed i mean i guess the real question is have you ever survived all five nights no i had to give up it was too scary i couldn't do it it's like jump scares too and it's just uh, it's just so anxiety anxiety inducing you'll see when you play so the new album endofunctor i checked it out i listened to it and i loved it but i have to ask you know going back to that whole tiktok thing after having brutus go viral on the platform what kind of pressure if any did you feel when coming up with new material for this release honestly like none because I think that, you know, a big problem I used to have and part of why I kind of stopped making music was I just felt this incredible pressure. Like every time anything good happened for my career, I just felt this like immense pressure. Like, oh, now anything I put out has more eyes on it. So it has to be like perfect, really good. And that pressure ultimately handicapped me and I felt totally paralyzed to even put out new music. And it's part of why I kind of gave up the entire project because I just felt like everything I made wasn't good enough. Now coming into it, I'm like, first of all, I don't even personally think Brutus is a great song or anything. So I'm like, shit, I don't fucking know. I've noticed now, like throughout the years, like people just randomly like stuff I hate or they hate stuff I like. I feel like at this point, like, I can't even think about that kind of shit. Like, I just have to put shit out if I'm ever going to again. Because when you get too hung up on, like, I should do this, and this has to be perfect, and this should be better, you just end up becoming totally paralyzed with indecision. 
I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. I think what I've made is pretty good, you know? I think it's stronger than the other album I have out, and people love that, and I'm like, I can't believe people listen to this, so fuck it. Well, I guess I ask you that because I know these days, now more than ever, artists are making songs in a vacuum, so to speak, you know, to get those plays and to go viral on social media. That's all. Oh, that's right, yeah. I mean, personally, I think think TikTok is kind of nasty. Like, I don't want to make music like that does good on tiktok but i think it'll naturally kind of happen because like i said like you know similar to brutus i feel like a lot of my music just has this kind of narrative quality so i mean i i could definitely see some of the songs on end of funk are doing okay on tiktok but i really don't fucking know i definitely didn't make anything with the purpose of like oh this will do good on tiktok if anything i'm kind of scared to see what people on tiktok might do with some of it Let's shift gears here and talk a little bit about the short film that you made, Visitor 420. Now, you shot this on 16mm, and I know you direct your own music videos. Do you have any plans on any future short films or even any feature films, you think, maybe? I do plan on it, yeah. I I definitely want to. I mean, I like making music, but my real passion is definitely film, and I want to hopefully make a feature film within the next few years. I feel like I just got to take the leap and do it. I wanted to make new shorts, but now that I'm, like, doing all this stuff again, I'm like, eh, I should just go for a feature while I have the motivation. Oh, yeah? You got some ideas rattling around in the old think tank, do you? I do. I'm working on them. (laughs) I I don't want to... I don't want to say them yet while they're not fully formed, but yeah, I'm I'm working on it. That's what I've been cooking up in my head. It's my estimation, you know, you seem like you're a fairly creative person, so do you always have your hand into something creative, even in your, quote, downtime, or, you know, what do you even do to unwind? Honestly, I mean, I have, like, periods of high productivity, and then they're, like, you know, afterwards, it's, like, periods of just prolonged, like, being totally dormant and you know up until recently I had been mostly dormant like for a while like you know I always kind of work a little bit here and there on something but I wasn't really working on shit I was kind of going through a lot you know getting off of amphetamines and a lot of things changed in my life but I don't know what happened just this past year I just got like this burst of motivation so I'm just kind of riding this current wave right now I feel like I'm having a mini renaissance it'll probably last for a few years and then I'll probably fall off the face of the fucking earth again for another few years until the cycle repeats itself. The Buttress has been my guest today. Her new album, which is titled Endofunctor, is either out now or out tomorrow as of this release of this episode. Where can people find it if they want to check it out? Look it up on Spotify and wherever else uh, music is streamed. Google it. Now, before we wrap this up, is there anything you'd like to say to your fans out there who might be listening to this very radio program? No, except thanks for the continued support, especially considering that, you know, I'm always falling off the face of the earth. I really appreciate it. And I won't be disappearing anytime soon again. I'm here for a fucking minute. So let's go. Get ready for new buttress releases. And hey, if you end up doing any live shows for real, seriously, let me know. It would be so awesome to do like, you know, a massacre radio road trip and package to the buttress show. What do you think? Hell yeah. Well, good luck with the new album. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for your time today. It was great. Perfect. Thank you for having me, Dave. Massacre Radio. Hey, that about does it for this episode of Massacre Radio. And boy, after all this talk about goon caves, I know what I'm asking Santa for for Christmas. Hey, before we get out of here, let's check out a clip from next week's episode. Now, this is interesting. Whistleblower Eric Hecker joins me, and well, he ended up saying some pretty powerful stuff. Let's have a listen. 
I'm certainly not happy with my involvement in the program. I was very much used. I was very much lied to. There were certain people that were completely in the know throughout everything in real time, but the vast majority of the people at the facility had no idea what was really going on. Well, from the sound of things, it's certainly shaping up to be our most explosive episode since Great Gate, so you're not going to want to miss that. As always, I've been your host, Members Only Dave, and I'll talk at you next week.